Hello, everybody, and welcome to the season recap edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Fox, joined alongside Kenny Heath. And Kenny, how are you doing today, sir? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Uh, good to be back. And uh, what a great, uh, well, you know, had some couple of good games during the state, state weekend, yeah. but we, uh, you know, also like we had talked about before, we recorded a lot of blowouts. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because we were talking about it. The two games that I think that at least I, I think both of us were most excited for was Malakoff. Um, Franklin. Malakoff Franklin, thank you, and then um, Belleville Gilmer, and those were like the only two games, aside from PNG Sock, that were one-score games, so, but yeah, it was just a lot of blowouts, one of the more disappointing years overall, because I do like going to state the entire week every year, and this is one of the more disappointing years, but it was still, the the environments of the games were great, but they never really lasted long, because it was just one, it was one-sided for most of the games. Yeah, and you know, I was there Thursday, and uh uh, watch the uh, who do we have first Thursday morning? The first Thursday morning was Mart Albany. Yeah, Mart Albany, which mm-hmm. uh, you know, we kind of a little better than it was last year. And yeah. just Mart, you know, I just I think, uh, and we'll get into it later on. Uh, you know, they, I think you know they they got a tremendous team coach. They're young over there. Yeah, uh, they just don't throw the ball well when they get when they get down. You know, yeah, just that Albany, so well. they just their defense, and they had, we'd seen it all year long and they returned a lot of defensive starters and the Adam Hill guy he was a two-way starter they just just the fundamentals and like how well they tackle it just outmatched any speed advantages that Mart had across the board and it is just kind of the same kind of the same result as last year it wasn't as big of a you know point differential but it was still kind of just a smothering of one side to another yeah and then I guess the other game on Thursday was that Gunner Tidehaven game, which, yeah. But let's just recap all the games yeah. from start to finish. So it was Wednesday morning. So I was there I was there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So I saw nine, nine of the 12 games, or eight of them. Uh, so Gordon, 70, Westbrook, 20. I think I had Gordon winning this one. Um, you know, the thing about this Gordon team, man, you know, they're kind of – outside our coverage area but they're very young they oh, have absolutely. they i think i was looking at their roster like towards the end of the game when it was kind of out of reach and i think they had majority sophomores i th- i think they only had like two juniors and one senior or maybe two seniors and one junior something like that they're gonna be back next year and they just they took down the defending back-to-back 1a state champions in westbrook but they mercy ruled them yeah. as well. And that's wasn't a, much of a game. Yeah. I mean, and Gordon historically is a great program. It's, a, it's their third state championship in program history. But none of these kids had seen it. You know, the, the, this is this was their first appearance since 1999. And they just went out there and took care of business. The re, um, Stryker and Riley Reed, they were yep. fantastic. Both of them are coaches' kids. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think they said that, that those, those sophomores – they were at the state track meet last year as yeah. freshmen. So. And their top receiver, I can't remember his name, it was like Braden or Braylon something. He's a sophomore too. He had a couple great catches in that one. They threw it a lot more than the other three six-man teams that we saw, and they threw it effectively. Yeah, and they're going to be a while, uh, around for a while. I man. think It'll so be, too. Uh, I, won't, I don't think I'll pick against them next year. I picked Westbrook, of course. 
their stud from last year. He, I guess he graduated because I didn't see him out on the field. So. It was their quarterback. His name yeah. was Cecil. Yeah. I can't remember his Golly, last name. He but was good. Yeah, he played the last two years. This was their first year without him, and they were still a phenomenal team. But the thing that striked me about Gordon was their size. Like, they were all, like, over six feet tall. They weren't, like, crazy fast or anything, but they were bigger, and they were more physical than that Westbrook team. And I think just dominating that line of scrimmage uh, was the thing that helped them the most. But, yeah, Gordon 70, Westbrook 20. And then, again, the second six-man game was – it was close there for a minute, but it ended up in a mercy roll. 80, Benjamin beat Oglesby uh, 82-34. That game was 28-28 at one point. And then just right after that, something switched in uh, Benjamin. It was the Grayson Rigdon show, and they just pulled away from there. Yeah, you know, I, I just – you'd really like to see that kid play 11, man, and see – you know, I'm yeah. sure he'd be a, a phenomenal – hell, I saw on Twitter a day or two ago where he dropped 53 in a basketball game. Yeah. So he's just an all-around uh, great athlete, and he's got one more year to go. He kind of just did whatever he wanted out there. He, th- he threw a touchdown pass – rushed for eight and then he caught a touchdown reception and I don't know if you saw it because they played like the highlight packages the next day as well in between games and there is it was right before half um Oglesby had scored to make it like a 14 point game or something like that or maybe a, a 20 point game and the other quarterback which is the coach's kid uh Ke- uh something mm-hmm. he was a freshman and he just lobbed it deep as time expired, because the other team scored with like 20 seconds left. And then on the second play, when Benjamin got the ball back, he just chunked it up to Grayson Rigdon. And then he jumped up and kind of bobbled it, but he caught it right on the sideline, but still managed to keep his feet in. And he kind of tiptoed his way and then ran it for like a 60 yard touchdown, yeah. which is crazy. That kid is just a phenomenal athlete. And he'll be back too. Yep. This was his junior season. And all three years of his high school career, he's won the state championship, two of those in mercy roll fashion. And he was the uh, offensive MVP, at least, in both those. In all three of those games, yeah, he's a he's a stud, and it'll yeah. be uh, you know, and uh, you know, I think there was rumors at the beginning of the year that he may be going to a different school, so mm-hmm. that might be something to keep an eye. on. He may, you never he, know, he may not be at uh, Benjamin next year. We'll we'll keep an eye on that one, but yeah, big time. Uh, but congrats to Oglesby, man. It was their first yeah. state championship appearance, and they're in our coverage area, but we're yeah. we don't know a whole lot about six man, so we don't cover it very extensively. But uh, congrats to Oglesby, man, for making it to their first state championship game, and they're pretty young too. I think they're a lot loaded with sophomores and juniors, and they have a phenomenal defense aside from that Benjamin. But no one's been able to stop Grayson Rigdon ever since he started high school. Uh, but I would look for Oglesby, man. They could be back in the mix next year as well. And then the first of the 11-man games, which kicked off uh, Wednesday night, uh, Timpson, 49-7 winners over Toller. I know you and I both took Toller in that one, um, but I was I was there for this one. Terry Bussey was everything, everything that they said he was and more. I don't think he missed – I don't think he had an incompletion. All game. I know he was breaking records with the longest yeah. uh, pass, the longest rush. Mm-hmm. In a, you know, he, he had game he had a ninety-seven yard touchdown pass, which is the longest in state championship history. Not just two way, all of state championship game history. No one had hit a ninety-seven yard touchdown pass until that game. And the funny thing was, that was just on like a. Uh, uh, RPO or a read yeah, pass option, a, a quick, like quick so, read type deal. Yeah, and he just hit him on a quick slant route at the three yard line, and the guy just 
outran everybody. Yeah. But it was a perfect throw because he hit him in stride in between the two safeties, and he just – I mean, T- Timson was clearly the faster team. Yeah, and, you, you know, yeah. it just says uh, a lot about them making a really a, – a terrific Teller team look pedestrian. I mean, yeah. they just did whatever they wanted. Yeah, and for a 2 a team, man, it was both teams' first appearance in the state championship games, and both teams brought a phenomenal crowd. Like, both sides and the lower bowl were completely full. It was a really good crowd, a good environment. Even when Toller was down 21 nothing, and they scored that first touchdown in their first drive of the second half, their crowd erupted. It was the first touchdown in state championship history for that yeah. program. So it, it was awesome to see that as well. But, yeah, it was just too much. Again, we were talking about Peyton Brown. I don't think he was ever 100% off, 100% yeah, when they didn't he came really, back. You know, just, yeah. I don't think he ever was full speed and, and just really couldn't use him, you know, grind it out. And, you know, and, uh, but the other two guys uh, – Isaac Blessing and, and Garrett Nations. Nations, they really stepped up over the yeah. year. And I don't know if those guys are senior. I think, isn't the quarterback a senior? I Blessing is a senior. Yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they uh, stack up next year. So we'll, In 3AD2 next yeah, year. Yeah, they are moving up to 3AD2, so that's something to keep on as well. Uh, but, yeah, they lost 49-7. But, I mean, Terry Bussey, man, what a career. Uh, he's a five-star recruit. He's headed to Texas A&M next year, and they're going to get a good one. I'm not sure where, the, where they'll put him. I think they'll probably put him in, like, wide receiver or something but he looked great at quarterback man I think I, he he might not have he might have had an incompletion eventually in the game but I think he started off like 12 for 12 or 13 yeah, he's for 13 a phenomenal, or something like that. phenomenal so, football yeah, player absolutely one of the best overall players that we saw uh, the entire week and then on Thursday morning uh, kicked that off it was Albany 28 mark 10 we touched on that game earlier I think it was just a similar situation to what we saw last year. You know, Albany just kind of they were the more physical team, and they just kind of built an early lead and kind of just kept Mart at arm's length the rest of the way. Yeah, and Mart did a, a decent job early on kind of yeah. balling up Adam Hill, you know, and uh, stuffed in the first couple of drives. And mm-hmm. then, you know, eventually he just, you know, he ended up popping one uh, for a long run, and then he scored. And, you know, that guy just doesn't quit. And, you know, he plays nope. both ways, like a, just a, probably all those. And one thing that – uh you know, March Young, so I think Coach Hoffman's going to be back. You know, I know mm-hmm. he flirted with retirement a year or two ago. But they just, when they're down, their passing game just, you know, it's, it's not reliable. And I know yeah. they lost their quarterback. You know, I think he quit the team in the first two or three weeks of the season. And so Medlock got swapped over. But, you know, something I think they probably need to work on is that passing game because when they need it. You know, they don't need it yeah. 14 weeks out of the year. But when you need it, you know, you're going to have to be able to, to throw the ball around. And we talked about it going into the game in the both the region final against Lovelady and the semifinal against Chilton, they were down at halftime, so they had to claw and fight their way back in it, which we looked at as a good thing, you know, going into that one, because that's something, especially, I mean, overall, but especially in the playoffs that Mart really hadn't had to do in a long time, mm-hmm. at least before the state championship game, but it just didn't help them, man. I think just Denny Faith, there's a reason after he won his first state championship and. 40-something years at Albany last year that he had to come back. And I think in this team that they had was proof. I mean, Adam Hill did a phenomenal job. But overall, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I don't care who you are. If you're holding a Mart team to 10 points, that's just a phenomenal, phenomenally coached and just disciplined team. Number 70, I think his name is Zane. Montgomery or, or something like that. I think I think Zane's he's right, a kicker, yeah. the left tackle, yep. the defense. That dude is stacked. He's I all mean, over the he's field. Huge. 
And I, I think uh, – did he get the defensive MVP? Uh, he might have. He did. He did. And I, then Adam Hill got offensive. I went and found his Twitter, and, uh, you know, he camped a lot this summer or last summer. I don't know where he's going to – it looks like he he's wants to go kid. play college kid. football somewhere. And, uh, man, I don't know that he can go to a big D1 school, but I bet one of these smaller schools, if you get that dude, you you, you really got something. Yeah. I mean, he's he's big. Don't get us wrong. But he's not like 6'3", three, three, what Division one FBS programs are yeah, looking I for. I think he was but a 6'2", uh, 230, something yeah. like that. But he, know, he, he, he could easily be a defensive end. Oh, that dude's easily. jacked, man. I mean, he is – you can tell he works on a ranch <laughs> in the summertime. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, Mart uh, falling to Albany 28-10. Uh, Denny Faith over at Albany uh, getting his second straight state championship game. Um, so we'll jump on to Thursday afternoon. Um, the first one-score game on the entire week, Malakoff 14, Franklin 7. I'm not usually one for a defensive slugfest, but this game was exciting from start to finish. Oh, yeah, and, you know <sighs> – I don't know what to say about Mike Jones. That dude is just a, Who? a great football player. I mean, he's tough. He, uh, he can sling the ball around. He can run it. Uh, I mean, he's, you know, one of the – you know, I'm not saying he's the, the best football. You know, of course, you had Terry Bussey, but that guy is a gamer, man. He, yeah. He's a terrific quarterback. Uh, plays, you know, he'll get out there and cover, you know, on third and long or in uh, crunch time. So, he's a hell of a football player. And him and uh, Chauncey Hogg were just – they're connecting all day long. Chauncey Hogg had both touchdown receptions. And that throw by Mike Jones on that deep post, which <laughs> scored that second touchdown, that might have been the best throw of the entire weekend. Yeah, it was, it was a great throw. And, and, you know, they they get some guys back, you know. I think they lose Renberg and they they lose Hogg. But uh, they'll, have the Jer- big- they'll, both run, they'll have Tennyson, who was injured this year. Jason Tennyson, he'll be back, along with that sophomore, Jerry and Hall, yeah. who, again – he didn't get many carries, but I, I kind of expected that because I remember I saw their semifinal against Brock, and he kind of hurt his ankle, and he was kind of limited from that point on. He got a couple carries at the beginning of this one, but I think they realized pretty quick that he wasn't going to be able to go 100%, and they didn't want to re-aggravate whatever happened the week before. Yeah. But they'll both be back next year. And the big defensive tackle, Daniel Norrell, will be back. Yep. And, yeah, they're, they're going to be loaded again, primed for a run. Now, did you see – you know, and I'm not one to uh, – criticize officiating but did you mm-hmm. see the face the no call face mask on him on, was, on mike jones yeah he was I rolling out that. and so yeah coach driscoll was irate and yeah because it was. happened right there in front of right him. right in front of him yeah he so he grabbed mike jones and walked him all the way out to midfield with the officials <laughs> and i don't know what was said maybe he was asking the official to apologize to his player for not calling that but i thought he was fixing to get rung up or or penalized <laughs> or something and then you know then the i think a player two later uh they throw a pass down the sidelines and they call it in and of course, they review it, yep. and the dude's like eight inches out of bounds when he comes down with the ball. And I thought maybe that guy was trying to do a makeup call, but you can't yeah. do that when they have instant replay. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work out very good. They did, there's, you know, so again, the UIL they only have review at the state championship games, but it seemed like this year more than any they had so many. They had like multiple reviews every single game. It seemed, which usually isn't the case. Since I don't I don't know what year they started doing that. I but, think this is the second or third year. They haven't been doing it long. Yeah, no. And whenever they uh, – the other times I've been to state and they did that, it didn't happen very often. But it happened fairly often this year. Like, it well, like I, I know in that same game uh, it was a – it was a, a Franklin pass. 
and they reviewed it, and we thought, I thought, everybody I was with thought they were reviewing it for the spot Uh to see if he got the first down or not, and they come back and (laughs) and ruled it an incomplete pass, Mm -hmm. and I wasn't even paying attention. I mean, I just assumed he caught the ball. And uh, yeah, that that angered some Franklin people. Yeah, you because know. Twitter started blowing up. Because when the official made the announcement that they're going to review, they're going to review the spot. Yeah, yeah, and then, but I think even if that's not what you're looking at, it's not the official on the field that calls for replays. It that he doesn't. He's announcing what the people upstairs are saying. Yeah. So I mean, again, if you're reviewing one thing, but then you see, oh, he didn't complete the catch. You know, it's. Well, within the official officials upstairs to get the call in the field right, even if that's not what they're what they're reviewing, that's what the replay shows. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's still you know it's not against the rules if you see an incomplete pass to call it incomplete. But yeah, it, that happens so many times. I think it's a good thing because if there's one game where you want to get everything right, it's a state championship oh, game. Absolutely. Both yeah. teams earn their way out there. You want to make sure that it, everything happens the right way. But yeah, Malakoff fourteen, Franklin seven. Again, just another back-to-back champion uh, getting knocked off. And Malakoff, congrats to them. Their first ever state championship in program history. It was their second appearance. The first one was uh, 2018 when they played Grandview. That was a great game. That was a phenomenal game. Um, But they fell a little short in that one. But they – they knock off the back-to-back defending state champions and state champions in the Franklin Lions to get their first state championship. So congratulations uh, to Jamie Driscoll and the Malakoff Tigers. And then to end. Um, uh, Thursday night. I stayed for this game a lot long, a lot longer than I thought I yeah, would. Yeah, we ended up walking out at the same time. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of thought, you know, and I said it on this show that, mm-hmm. you know, it would be the biggest upset yeah. of the weekend. And they it, were, it, I was kind of tied Haven with their running back. Man, man, that running back's a great running back. He's a Baylor I think commit. Baylor's got a, got a good yep. one on their hands. And, uh, yeah, you know, and uh, Walker Overman. Beast. He's another hell of a football yep. player, man. That kid is five foot five ish. I mean, it says yeah. five foot seven, but I don't he's think there's so, any way he's that tall. He, he was skinny, but but he was like a little bolt of lightning. Like he would kind of slow play, which is I can't. I think that's kind of what their offense is based off of. You kind of slow play, and then you find the hole. But he hit that with lightning speed. He was just. Again, not very big, but he was fast and he was tough. Like yeah. he was getting rocked yeah. by the by that Tidehaven defense, which again was one of the best in the uh, the best in three division two. They only gave up eighty three points all season, but again, that offense, that you know, pro gun option, whatever it's called, it's hard to stop. And even for the best defense in the in the state, but I think Tidehaven, you know. Their defense, especially in the first half, was really good. But I think Gunner eventually found a way to bottle up Jordan Dodds in that rushing attack, which is kind of all Tidehaven had going for him. But I think the Tidehaven's quarterback was hitting some pretty good passes. It's just that the receivers kept dropping them. Yes. That was the problem. Drop, they did drop some good. balls. And that, that throw that the quarterback hit to Jordan Dodds in the corner of the end zone, that kind of back shoulder, that again, that was one of the best throws of the entire week. That was perfectly placed and a great catch by Dodds. But, yeah, the first half was exciting. I think it was like 17-14 going into half. And then just Tidehaven was shut out for the second half, which, again, that coaching staff at Gunner, phenomenal. They made the proper adjustments. But I think the game off the field aside, I think Tidehaven brought one of the most, like, as far as crowds go, not the biggest, like, size-wise, but the energy and the, you know, the fact that this is the – the first time since 1980 that they'd made it to the state championship game, they brought a very 
raucous crowd. Yeah, yeah. It, they, it was they had pretty a good cool. showing. Yeah, they had plenty of people yeah. in the stands, and they played a hell of a game. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't give them a chance, but uh-huh. they made it close for a while. Yeah, it was one of the ones that we thought would be guaranteed blowouts, and the games that ended up being blowouts were ones we thought we we would be close. But yeah, it was it was an exciting game for probably about three quarters, and then kind of Gunner kind of pulled away. So, but yeah, Gunner. Uh, they won their second – is their second or third straight? It's their fourth overall. Yeah, I think it's two straight. So, their second straight, fourth overall. Because I know that they won it in 2016 against bowling. Um, and then they've won the last two years. I can't remember when they won the other one. It might have been like 20. I was there for one of them. I, f- I forgot who they played. Was it it Cro- they didn't play Crawford. Did they They beat Crawford one year? Uh, on the, on the, it might have been Newton. Newton. Okay. It might have been Newton, actually. Yeah, it was bowling, Newton, and then the last two years. That's what it was. Because Gunner and or Newton made it back-to-back years. They played one year and beat Canadian, and then they went back the next year and lost to Gunner. That's okay. what it was. Because it was 2018 when uh, when uh, Canadian played Newton, and that was the last time the W.T. Johnston, that coach that Newton had for yep. a while that had that uh, – uh, bone disease. That was the last state championship before he unfortunately passed yep. away. But it was cool. That was a cool story as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. Gunner thirty, Tidehaven fourteen. A game again, a lot closer than we thought it would be. But Jordan Dodds, man, keep an eye on him when he comes into Baylor. That that you know, of course, Baylor's in our coverage area and yep. and as far as colleges go. But yeah, keep Never an eye on that. him. He'll be. Uh, they ha- they'll have a stacked running back room. They're, yeah, but did you see their their they were they finished last yeah. in the Big Twelve in recruiting. Yeah, <laughs> but the, but the running back room they've had stacked for a while. There's a year they had Abram Smith and Treston Ebner. Now they have Richard Reese, and then they'll have Jordan Dodds as well. We'll have to see how he adjusts. Well, to. yeah, and Dawson Pendergrass played yeah, a lot. Yeah, Dawson. Last year. He had a co- he and he Bryson Washington in too. that in that room too. So yeah, that, if there's one position that Baylor's deep at, it's running backs. But everywhere else. Yeah, you never know. But yeah, thirty fourteen Gunner beats Tidehaven. Now we'll move on to Friday of the state championship uh, recap. Friday morning, uh, Anna and Chapel Hill. Anna made made their first ever state championship appearance, and Chapel Hill. I think it was at least their second because they won it, and I think it was two thousand ten or two thousand eleven when they beat Alvarado, uh, twenty to nineteen, and. Um, you know, Anna's first time. They brought. I think both sides brought a phenomenal crowd, especially from Chapel Hill. Uh, everyone coming from t- uh, the Tyler area. But Anna, they, as far as overall performance, like pound per pound performance, especially defensively, I think this was the only shutout of the entire weekend. And that was a good Chapel Hill offense they were going against, and yep. they they held Demetrius Brisbane and Ricky Stewart to no points at all. One of the more impressive showings in my eyes from this Anna team. Twenty six nothing, they beat Chapel Hill. Yeah, and I didn't get to watch her. I mean, I watched a little bit of it, but you know, uh, yeah, good job for Anna. You know, the, the, you know, we talked about their resume coming into the to that game. You know, who they've knocked off on their path uh, to the state championship, and you know, they were definitely battle tested, and it showed. Yeah, and Anna's defensive MVP. I think his name was C.J. Miller. He was their middle linebacker. He is a dude. He was probably 6'2", 6'3", 240. Prototype middle linebacker. Athletic, fast, and he hits hard, dude. He was the anchor of that phenomenal Anna defensive performance. He, as far as defensive performances go, singular game defensive performances of the entire week, I think he had the best, in my opinion. He had... Uh, some like 14, 15 tackles, couple tackles for loss, a sack. He didn't have an interception, but he lived in Chapel Hill's backfield in that game. So that you know, C.J. Miller and that Anna defense, 
probably as far as defensively goes, probably the most dominating performance of the entire week as they defeat Chapel Hill 26-0. And then the other game that I think we were most excited about, Gilmer 28, Belleville 26. This game was awesome, man. It was it was kind of a back and forth shootout in the first half and the second half was more of a defensive performance. But the clash of styles of this one with Gilmer having the spread and then um, Belleville running the traditional slot T offense, this was such a fun matchup. Yeah, I mean, it goes down to, uh, man, special teams. you got to make yep. those extra points because, you know, if they make their extra points, it's a tie ball game uh, mm-hmm. going maybe into overtime. And, and you know, you, you miss that first one, now you're chasing it the rest of the mm-hmm. game and uh, just didn't work out for Tyler yeah, tra- Chapel or for uh, Belleville. Because it was 28-20, and then Belleville scored to make it 28-26, and they, they had to go for two because of those missed extra, extra points, and they couldn't convert it. Gilmer got the ball back and ran the clock out. But it was just a phenomenal back-and-forth showing. Will Henderson, the running back for Gilmer, he had a phenomenal That's game. That's a fast – and you know he's what? Fast. He's not that big. No, he's not. But he is really fast, and he's hard to take down. He just yeah. doesn't stop, man. And yeah. I don't think he – they were talking about uh, – I think his coach put on Twitter, you know, hey, you need – somebody needs to offer this kid because yeah. I don't think he had any – maybe had some, but not kind of what he was wanting. And this is the third time I saw Gilmer in the state championships, and they were 0-2 in the first two appearances. <laughs> so, that was the first time I got to see them when – I saw them when they played China Spring – they lost that one, and I saw them when they played Carthage and lost that one as well. But, yeah, Gilmer getting a, another state championship victory. It was their first in a while. I can't remember. Last, it might have been early 2010s was the last time they won one, maybe mid-2010s. Uh, not sure. But uh, they get the win in an exciting ball game over Belleville 28-26. And then, again, I didn't stay for this one because I kind of saw the results. So that Gilmer-Belleville was the last game I saw of the entire weekend. Um, but I did listen to this one on the radio on the way back to Whitney. Uh, Alito 51, Smithson Valley 8. The thing was, Smithson Valley's defense came to play at the, at the beginning of this one because they led 8 nothing. They had stopped Alito on their first three or four yeah, offensive safety, drives. Uh, a safety. Early, yeah. And then they scored two field goals, and the, which made it 8 nothing. I think I don't remember if Alito scored right before the first quarter ended, or maybe right as the second quarter, the first ten seconds of the second quarter. But it was around that time, and that made it eight-seven. And from that point on, it was kind of over. They again, it was eight nothing Smithson Valley, and then Alito went on to score fifty-one answer yeah, points. Yeah, it took it just took a little bit for Ohas Henny yeah. Henye Henye to get a to get going. But yeah, Haney. they're just a. They're just a juggernaut, you know. They're they're all, you know. They've had three different coaches take them to the state championship game, yeah. so they just think that is the blueprint for how you want yeah. a, a a program, a culture, mm-hmm. and how they do things over there. Now, I'll tell a little story. So there was a kid from Whitney uh, who would have I think graduated in 2019, Jordan Montez, who uh, played mm-hmm. football yep. with Devin Wilson and Kobe Tanner, and he was always the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Well, he moves to Alito, mm-hmm. and he's a he's a great quarterback. Well, if you're a great quarterback at Alito, they move you to fullback. So he ended up being their <laughs> yeah. fullback, and they put 50 pounds on him. The dude's jacked. I think he is a, a coach, maybe a, a teacher, a, a, a graduate assistant at Tarleton mm-hmm. right now, uh, Jordan Montez. But that's just what those programs do. You yep. may, you know, you're from a 3A school, and you're a uh, you're an awesome quarterback. Well, yep. we've already got an awesome quarterback. We'll put you at fullback. And you know what? He was a good he, fullback. He, he I, think, I think when he played, they won two state championships in that run as well because he was on those teams with uh, Jace McClellan um, and all those guys. Yep. So, but, yeah, Alito with their 12th 
state championship. Something else, man. 12. There are a lot of programs in the state of Texas who don't have 12 playoff appearances. <laughs> and they have 12 state championships. Yeah. Just the most decorated And they're all program. recent. You know, they yeah. they weren't winning these in the 50s and the 60s and 70s. These are from 19, probably the 2000s on, the last mm-hmm. 20 years. Yeah, know. they started with those Jonathan Gray teams yep. that won like three in a row or something like that. I would – Coach Buchanan, mm-hmm. and then so they won some with him. Then they had Coach Steve Wood come in, mm-hmm. and they won some more. Then Coach Buchanan unretired <laughs> and won a couple more. <laughs> then he retired, and now um, what's his name? Robbie Jones, I yeah, think. Their offensive coordinator. Yeah, I, he I got he got promoted. Him. Now his first year as a head coach, they went again. They won the twelfth. So Something the most else, man. just the most decorated program in the state of Texas, no doubt. Twelfth state championship for Alito as they win over Smithson Valley, fifty-one to eight. And then uh, now we move on to Saturday morning. Didn't see any of these games in person, of course, but PNG 20 over Sock, South Oak Cliff, 20 to 17. Um, what an exciting game here. It was kind of it was a rematch of last year's 5A Division II state championship game. And important Etchus Groves. I think this is as far as when we did our pickums last week, I think this is the one I'm the most proud of. Because <laughs> I, I no one I don't think anyone had Port Etchus Groves winning this one, but they win twenty to seventeen. But I guess there was a controversial controversial call towards the end of this one. Um I didn't see it, so it was a pass interference. Was it Call, was it called on the field or was it not? It was, I think what made it controversial is on uh, the replay that the TV that they had, they didn't have the right angle, so you yeah. never saw it. So it came out on Twitter. Uh, some people had posted, uh, you can clearly see the South Oak Cliff defender grabbing the guy's jersey as he's uh-huh. trying to make his cut. Now, you never saw that on TV, so a lot of people got pissed off, and yeah. rightfully so if you didn't see what happened. But it was, and then a lot of people said, well, that's holding. Well, okay, there was like a one-yard difference on the penalty. Two, they said uh, they were pissed because it took the ref a long time to throw the flag. Uh, I saw one guy saying, hey, I was watching the dude kept reaching for his flag, and he kept missing it, and he finally grabbed it. And then another (laughs) guy's like, hey, you know, there's a lot to process throughout that play. So, yes, you have holding. And then you got to watch in case the guy catches the ball. Does he have his feet in bounds or, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, I, and I can understand them being angry about it. But once yeah. you saw the video evidence, you mm-hmm. know, it's just – it was holding, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it sucks that, you know, it came down to that one play, which it really didn't because you have a whole ball game yeah, I think to there's make like, plays. I think there's like four or five minutes on the clock after yeah, that happened yeah. and, and when PNG scored. So, they had time. Yeah. It's, uh, and they held them to – you know, they were inside the 10 the drive before that and held them to a field goal, I believe. And then mm-hmm. they get the onside kick and, and take it down and score. So, what a, what a, what a exciting game! Uh, I, it, I hate that you know it ended you know with uh, people mad. You know, I, yeah. I got on some of that uh, the South Oak Clip Twitter. They were not happy. They no. were mad. And I saw a write up in the Channel Eight in the DFW uh, WFAA. They were saying that. And I don't know how much truth it is to this. Somebody might, but the, you know that they were thinking about filing a grievance or something on mm-hmm. that call, which I don't. That's not going to do any good for you. you know, yeah, I don't know what no. that would do for you. They're not going to overturn the the ball game. So, but what a great game! You know, uh, yeah. Congrats to both kids on each side. You know, PNG. You know, nobody really. I don't think a whole lot of people gave them a chance. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, but uh, it was a great game. I think a lot of people were saying when they're saying what two games would probably be the biggest upsets. And a lot of people might have been saying Smithson Valley and Tidehaven, but I think PNG was in the conversation that well. Just, well. just because 
South of Clip had, what, like a 17 playoff game winning streak or something like that? They hadn't lost since, I think, when they lost to Alito in 2018. So they hadn't lost a playoff game in like two or three years. So I think, I think yeah, that, that alone is an upset. And it was the same thing with, with Franklin. They, 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 had, they had lost a playoff game since the 2020 state championship game where they basically lost on a Hail Mary against Canadian. Yeah. So it was kind of the same deal there. But congratulations to Port Natchez Groves, uh, 2017 winners over South Oak Cliff for the 5A Division II state title. And then the two six six A state championship games, both blowouts. The first one was Duncanville and North Shore, forty nine thirty three. Um, you know, it, this is the third time that these two quarterbacks have faced each other in the state championship game. They've been fa- starting since they were freshmen. Uh, yeah, it was for the second straight year. Uh, it was all Duncanville in this one. The, yeah, last year's game was a bit closer, but this one was kind of Duncanville from the jump. Yeah, kind of. You know, you look at that uh, man, the Duncanville defensive line with Colin yeah. Simmons and Alex January. Those dudes are yeah. phenomenal. Both are going to Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just were too much for uh, North Shore, and uh, you know, it's a heck of a robbery that they got going yep. on there. And and uh, you know, it looks like uh, Duncanville's got two straight on them. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. So we'll see what. And both those quarterbacks will be back too. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll see how that goes. We had Duncanville forty nine thirty three winners over North Shore for their second straight six A Division one state championship and another back to back six A champion. Both these schools from the same district. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, and they're they're right next to each other. I think yeah. their boundaries are the. You know, they share boundaries. Uh, yeah, over there. they're both off 67. They're all right 20, there. Yep. Yeah, and then DeSoto, DeSoto, 74-14 winners over Summer Creek again. A game that was never really close, and I don't think a lot of people expected it to be. Uh, Summer Creek, congrats to them. They're the first humble ISD team to make it to a state championship game uh, in football. So congrats to them. And they're still a relatively new program. I think they started in like 2009 or 2010 or something like that. Yeah, I don't think they're very old at all. So uh, congrats to them for making it. But just DeSoto, man, they've probably pound for pound the most dominant team in Texas high school football this year. And they finished it on a high note, 74-14. DJ Bailey had a great game. Uh, Tiger Ryden had a big game as well. Just And then the defense holding – was a really good summer. Summer Creek offense scoring, I think, like 42 points per game, something like that. Holding them to 14 was a phenomenal job, too. But, yeah, uh, DeSoto, 74-14 winners in the 6A Division II state championship uh, on Saturday night. And that was the last game of the 2023 Texas high school football season. So, again, we talked about it last week, state championship week, probably the most exciting week in Texas high school football. But it's kind of a bittersweet thing because it is the last week of Texas high school football. And so we won't have any more games until – late next august so uh but it was fun covering it this year kenny especially the state championship games even though a lot of them were blowouts just to be in the atmosphere seeing all these communities uh coming out for their teams it was kind of it was a really fun fun showing last week yeah i always enjoy going there and uh you know of course we've got our hometown teams and uh you just always imagine what it would be like if your team you know you you got to go there and uh and uh you know watch your hometown team and play and and we uh-huh. uh actually got up and uh I think it was Thursday night. A buddy of mine, he uh, he's got some uh, Franklin friends, so we went up to their uh, their suite after the okay. Franklin game was over and hung out up there a little bit. And they were way up there, and so yeah. you're basically just watching the big screen. Uh, so it was fun, you know. You know the, the 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 towns all gather, you know, support those kids, and like they put pull their money together, whoever uh, pays for suites, and you yeah. know you kind of enjoy it. And I always. Uh, like seeing the fans and on the camera, you know that mm. they do yeah, and yeah, timeouts like and stuff, and all the kids dancing. So it's always a good time to go up there. Yeah, it's a fun week uh, from 
any aspect for the state championship weeks. But it is sad that the Texas high school football season is over. But that doesn't mean our content's over. We still have a lot to cover. Um, let's just jump into uh, – we want to touch on recruiting yeah. today. So um, a couple – couple commits or officially signees Jaden Porter over at Lorena he'd been verbally committed to Baylor for the last two years and he officially signed I think two days ago from when we're recording this on uh, Friday morning yeah early signing period I think they had was yeah. Wednesday and then uh, both Connolly guys uh, we talked about Kobe Black during the state championship week he officially committed to Texas then uh, Kiefer Sibley the running back at Connolly committed uh, to UNT that's kind of surprising you know because yeah. he had Nebraska Missouri mm-hmm. I believe Colorado offers. Yeah, Colorado, maybe not Missouri, but Nebraska and Colorado for sure. So he's gonna up, uh, he's gonna go to North Texas. And he'll be teaming up with Cash McCollum. Yep. So. Yeah, that that could be a com- that could be a combo if they both earn starting spots over there at UNT. Cash McCollum and uh, Kiefer Sibley, a Central Texas combo over at North Texas. That'd be a pretty cool thing to see. But yeah, uh, Cash McCollum he committed to uh, North Texas earlier in the year. I think it was mm-hmm. back in summer or something like that. Maybe in. Uh, maybe in spring. Uh, but, yeah. And also, speaking of China Spring, defensive lineman Graydon Grimes, uh, son of former Baylor offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, who is now going to Kansas from Baylor. Graydon Grimes' son flips from Baylor to Kansas, so he'll be joining his dad over there, uh, over there Rock Chalk with the Kansas Jayhawks. And then uh, Lake Belton, wide receiver Micah Hudson, we talked about earlier this year, he's going to Texas Tech. Yeah. Uh, along with – so we kind of covered Huddle a little bit. Will Hammond's headed that way. And yep. then uh, Adam Hill from uh, Albany. Going he's to going to Tech, Tech yeah, as well. As a, as a linebacker, And then the Stephenville wide receiver Tristan Gentry, he's going to Texas yep. Tech as well. And then also the teammate for Micah Hudson, Selman Bridges, the defensive back, he's going to Arkansas. So he'll be playing some SEC football as well. So mm-hmm. a lot of – kind of an update with the recruits in Central Texas. There might be a couple more Well, you there. know the big offensive lineman down there in Killeen or Harker Heights, Micah, Michael – Uh he's going to he signed with Georgia you know he's Mm -hmm. I believe he's the number one or I don't know if he's the number one offensive line recruit but he's way up there so Uh he had a ton of offers who else Uh, nobody none of the small schools that I know of signed I I don't know uh, a lot of those small school guys kind of wait till the the February to sign so try yeah. to get a, a couple more offers. But as far as the early signing period goes, those are a lot of the you know big time recruits yeah. that have been signed uh, from our coverage area here in Central Texas. Again, Kobe Black to Texas, Kiefer Sibley joining Cash McCollum at UNT, uh, China Spring deal, uh, defensive lineman Grant and Grimes uh, flipping from Baylor to Kansas, Lorena wide receiver Jaden Porter officially signing with Baylor, mm-hmm. Lake Belton wide receiver Micah Hudson to Tech, Lake Belton DB Selman. Bridges to Arkansas, and then the uh, offensive tackle for Harker Heights, Michael. I don't know how you pronounce you that. You and I, or e- e- Uni, it's Uni like, or something like that. He's committed to Georgia, one of the premier football programs in the entire country. So yeah, a lot of a lot of good football players in Central Texas, and we expect a lot more to sign. Uh, but when the next signing period comes around, when's the when's like the next signing period? Because I know it's this is the February. Early one. I don't know February. what day. Yeah, it's in February. And we'll co- we'll cover that as well on social media as well as later on uh, down the line. But yeah, that's kind of the recruiting news that we have so far from the early signing period. I want to talk about our pickums. Do we have the final results? <laughs> yeah, we do, Kenny. From the 2023 Texas high school football season. Do you want to do the state championship results first and, yeah, then, the, and then the overall? Okay. Yeah. So we got – and we did not have Curtis Quillen joining us on the state championship picks last week. So it will just be me and Kenny, but we will still have the uh, overall results 
as well. So as far as state championship picks, uh, what do we got? So you picked Gordon, uh-huh. which was correct. I picked uh, Westbrook. Uh, we both picked Benjamin. Uh huh. We both picked Toler. You picked Albany. I picked Mark. Mm-hmm. We both picked Malakoff. Uh, we both picked uh, Gunner. We both picked uh, Anna. Uh huh. So those were all good, and we both picked Belleville, which didn't they, they lost. Yeah. We just uh, we both picked Alito. Uh, you picked PNG. I picked SOC. So you got that one, and then we both picked Duncanville and Desoto. So, so you got 10 out of 10 out of 12, 12 and I got seven out of 12. So, so, and then the overall results. So you won it with 243. Mm-hmm. Curtis was kind of incomplete. So he had 229 because he didn't pick the state championships and I got 236. So you won by eight games. Just brush my shoulders real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is. Did I win last That's year? Impressive. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you did, yeah. I, I don't remember. I don't remember. know if we went over our final tallies last year, but, yeah, uh, good job. You know, you, I won't uh, brag too much. You do a good Just job a on picking them. I, I need to do less uh, Homer-style picks and, and <laughs> just use my head and not my – my heart. I mean, there's no, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's a lot of great teams in Central Texas, so you could, you could, you couldn't have gone wrong with Gilmer and Belleville either way. You couldn't, you definitely no. couldn't have gone wrong with the Malakoff from Franklin pick. But you know, because there's just a lot, there's a lot of close, you know, not a lot of close games, but a lot of games that on paper should have gone either way. You know, but a lot of them just kind of ended up being one sided, which again, just a little disappointing in state this year. I guess just as a as a neutral fan, like if you're on the winning side, obviously you're not disappointed. Uh, but as a neutral fan, it was just kind of a disappointing week, just with all the one sided affairs. But yeah, that is the end of the Texas high school football season. But it will not be the end for us as we'll have some more content for you down the line. Of course, today is the state championship preview, uh, review, rather, and then the uh, kind of a early signing recruit update as well as the Pick'em finale. Uh, but uh, we're, we're going to take a little break for the holidays. We'll have uh, uh, Christmas and New Year's off, but I think sometime in January uh, we're, we're going to have a superlative show, so we'll probably talk about our favorite games from the 2023 season, our favorite players, and we'll talk about – We'll have an update on recruiting, of course, around that time, as well as any coaching changes that might arise. We'll talk about that one as well. And then kind of pr- we'll probably look at some mock uh, realignments. And, yeah. And we'll There's t- a couple of different outlets that have, you know, Step yeah. has his. Mm-hmm. There's another uh, Texas high school sports that's been, you know, they, they yeah. do a good job. Let me double check who their Twitter. Does, Twitter does Padilla is. does Padilla have one? He does, but it's all it's paid to you know it's paid. Oh, to play, that's right. So, so you got you got to go. Yeah. So Texas high school sports, they're on Twitter. Uh, uh-huh. They do a good job when it comes to uh, enrollments and, and mm-hmm. uh, bonds. You know, certain bonds are coming up for uh, uh, school districts, and, and so they started putting out some mock uh, realignment projections. So. Something to read, something to kill mm. some time. Uh, I don't really agree with the two that they've come out with three A, but uh, yeah, I think I think most of it will stay the same for the most part. But it is all pro- it is all projections, but that's just because the cutoff numbers changed. Like they jumped up so drastically than they have the last few years. Which again, me personally, well, no, I mean in three A, you know that that was the deal. So real quick, um, you know, Padilla came out saying, hey, you know, everything's going to change. You know, he's looking at the top end of 382, the bottom end of 381 being in the 380s, mm-hmm. which if you, 
you know, if you're thinking there's going to be 100 318, 3AD1 teams, well, by the time you got to whoever turned their realignment in on that list, you were up in the 600s. And yeah. I just didn't – that didn't make sense to me. And, and of course, he kind of missed a little bit because I think the, the, the numbers came out and it's going to be like 360 or 363. Mm-hmm. So – that kind of probably changed a lot of people's, you know, projections on, uh, you know, who was going to be, you know, a lot of people had West and, and Maypearl dropping down to, to D2 because mm-hmm. they were right there on the on the line in 383-83. They ended up staying up to D1. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, but we'll, we'll probably take a look at some of the mock uh, drafts as well, or mock drafts, the, ma- the mock realignment, yeah. you know, dr- uh, districts and everything. I may and come up with my own. I may have yeah, my own. Yeah, we could. Uh, we could do that. I think, that'd be, I think, I think that'd be fun, actually. That's a good idea. We I need, I need to learn how to do the Google Maps where they how they divide they, the regions. Well, yeah, well they have they have a uh, like uh, points on every town, and then they group mm-hmm. them together and shade them in. I, I don't want that technically sound on how to do all that stuff, but I like it. I like watching it or looking at the maps that the, the Texas high school sports does. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I think that's a good idea. I think we should do that. But yeah, that'll be right after the holidays, probably. First, second week of January, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll come out with that. We'll talk about again recruiting updates, coaching change updates, and then our superlatives. We'll probably do our each and I, you and I will probably do like a top three or top five games of the season that we enjoy the most. Uh, but maybe regular season and playoff combined, or one or the other, or something like that. Yeah, and, and coaching change has kind of been slow. Not nothing yeah. really, uh, you know. But you know, when realignment comes out, you know, we've already got the numbers. No really big surprises around here about who's going up or down. So. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, kind of China Spring and La Vega both dropped, I think, to D2. I think so. And then West is dropping down to three division two as well. Mm-hmm. As well as they're not. No, West, oh, okay. West is staying up. West and Maypearl stay up. Oh, they are staying up? Yeah. Okay. I thought they were dropping. But then, you know. Uh, the Toller's moving up. Toller's moving yeah, up. Yeah, Toller's moving up. So once you get your districts yeah. out, you may see some movement. You know, some coach may be like, ah, no, I'm out. <laughs> I'm yeah. Sticking you never around know. for this. <laughs> But yeah, it'll we'll, be interesting. And we'll, it usually heats up in February, March, anyway. Yeah. So, so and then and again, we'll have that show in January. And but then in February, when the new districts and everything, new regions, everything's are released, we'll do a full breakdown of all the new districts that are in our coverage area over here in Central Texas. We'll preview all the districts. Maybe give a little kind of semi preview of how we think they'll shape out. Yeah. Like you never know just with maybe kids moving injuries and stuff. You, you never fully know. Yeah. But we'll but we'll take a look at all the brand new districts once they're released in February and have a whole realignment special and break down every district and uh, when they come out as well. So we'll have that for you. The Texas high school football season may be over but the CTFP crew stays <laughs> diligent and we'll bring content for you for the next couple months as realignment uh, and then coaching cha- the coaching carousel has now officially begun in the state of Texas. So we'll keep you updated on our uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and then, of course, right here on the show on the Central Texas Football Podcast. I want to give a shout to everyone who's joined us this season. We've had Curtis Quillen, uh, Matt Stepp joining us every week, as well as Jay Black earlier in the season as well. Yeah, Darby Brown, uh, uh, Parker Ream. All uh, the coaches We this season Coach we had. Mullins and, yeah, uh, Coach Mullins. Coach Mullins. Hyde actually mm-hmm. returned my text message this year yep. and got him on it. So, uh, Coach Coach Beatty. Uh, yep. Coach, Coach Tyler Beatty over at China Spring. Uh, Coach Ebner at yep. Grandview Coach as well. Ryan. He joined us. So thanks again to all the – Coach you know, Little at Riesel. Yep, that's right. That was a great interview. I remember that yeah, one. That was and, a good uh, one. Our uh, our buddy over at Hillsboro, Coach uh, – Almute. Almute. Yep, he so. joined us as well. But, yeah, it was, uh, it was a fun season, man. Uh, you know, again, the state championships didn't pan out. I still can't get over that Coach Almute is a vegetarian. 
He's okay. Isn't that weird? He's, pretty, he's a pretty built dude, and he's a vegetarian. That's probably the secret. Good for him, yeah. That's probably the secret. But, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be it for us. And uh, this will be the last episode of 2023. Yeah. So we will see you uh, after the holidays. We'll, be, we'll take off for Christmas and January. But we'll still keep an eye on any coaching changes that arise uh, in our coverage area over here in Central Texas. I want to thank you for joining us throughout the 2023 season. But, again, we're not done yet. We'll be back for a superlative show as well as the uh, realignment special uh, in February. So keep an eye out for that. We'll keep you updated on our social media platforms, of course, on Instagram and Twitter. We're at CTFP Podcast. That's at CTFP Podcast. And uh, like us on Facebook at Central Texas Football Podcast. And reach out to us with any info you might have uh, on any teams, where, whether it's realignment or coaching changes, whatever, on our email at C- uh, our email is ctfppodcast at gmail.com. That's ctfppodcast at gmail.com. Again, again, want to give one more shout to Matt Stepp, Curtis Quillen, Jay Black, and all the coaches and uh, TV coverage of people, Parker Reem, Darby, uh, Darby Brown, and all of them for joining us throughout the season, bringing their extensive knowledge and coverage. Bryce Cherry. And Bryce Cherry as well uh, for, for in the Waco Tribune Herald uh, for joining us and giving – their insight and knowledge uh, to this great state of Texas high school football in Central Texas. So a shout out to everyone and thank you, thanks again to you for joining us throughout the season. And we hope to see you again throughout our coverage in 2024. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox, and we will see you for the superlative show after the holidays. Ha- have a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, and a happy new year from us here at the Central Texas Football Podcast. We'll talk to you all soon. And it's always been this way.